endurance is a big thing. You could be the biggest muscled up strength guy out there, but if you don't have the endurance to work hard at a high heart rate for 20 to 30 minutes, then you're really, I mean, you're kind of hurting yourself. Firehouse Vigilance presents the Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Firehouse Vigilance Weekly Scrap, number 44. Welcome to the Scrap, Justin Lorenzen of the Training Officer, OKC Fire Department, Lieutenant in the Training Division. I love your page. I love what you stand for. I'm very glad to have you on the Scrap this week. It's going to be a lot of fun talking to you. Um, of course, his opinions do not necessarily reflect those of his department. Have to always throw that in there for people. But uh, Justin, very excited to have you on the scrap this week. Welcome, sir. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. To everyone that's watching the scrap live, if you have questions for Justin or myself, uh, please do not hesitate to throw them into the chat. I will read them uh, and get them out there. Get them out there to discuss. Uh, did I miss anything, Justin? Anything you want to add on your intro? No. Sounds right. good, man. All right, we'll get right into it. How has it been going for you uh, being in training, large classes, large recruit classes, and all the craziness going on right now in the world? Man, to be honest, it really hadn't been that bad. Um, you know, we've got to obviously go by the guidelines and stuff, but other than that, we've kind of pretty much been going like usual, you know, other than the distancing and the mask and having temps checked and that kind of stuff with the recruit class, but they're still coming to the academy. Uh, we're still getting out of the drill field, doing our training taking a couple extra steps of disinfecting the SCBAs and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it, we've been pretty fortunate because I know there's, there's been quite a few uh, departments around the country that have had to actually cease or go virtual or something like that. And luckily our administration, we've been pretty fortunate that we didn't have to do that yet. Good deal. Has it cut down on the um, applicants and the, and the processes or has it been pretty, has it, have you not felt it yet? Uh, I don't think we felt it yet. I'd say part of that would be, they had um, the process that was going at the time when this all started, they paused it because I, I think they just finished the CPAT and then was fixing to do the written and they paused that. And then after they got back to where the numbers were kind of leveled out or whatever, then they were going back to the finish up the process. And we may possibly have a class by the end of the year or the first of the year, but that's pretty much all it's affected. Nice. I mean, that's that's a better, uh, better than a lot of done. Uh, how big is this next class going to be? Are you guys expecting, or do you know yet? We, we haven't been told. Okay. Uh, but you do deal with some large recruit classes. So uh, yeah, typically our, typically our classes are anywhere from 35 to 50. Right on. And some of the challenges that you're unique to having those bigger classes, do you think it's an advantage or disadvantage to have that big class? Man, I say it's an advantage because you get that many more firefighters in the field when they graduate. But as far as the training side of it, with depending on the length of your academy, it's a lot of people to get through reps and get through as many reps that we want to get through to get them trained on what we need to train them on. So it's it's difficult, but as you know, everything me and court do is not easy. Right so. Speaking of court, uh, Shaky McFireman chimed in and said, nice fool's shirt brother. <laughs> yeah, I got to represent I was gonna wear it too, but then I realized I wore it last week, so I couldn't. I couldn't go back to back on my. I, I need to get more colors of fool shirts. Uh, awesome. Uh, so give me a rundown of your training philosophy. I've got to talk to Court before, so I do have a, a pretty good handle on it. But I want to hear J Lo Justin Lorenzen's version of your guys' training philosophy. So basically, it's 
we get the recruits, they get they come to the academy, and we start at the very basic level, which this is one of the things that I learned whenever I started. Um, for example, our the first class that I helped train, 18-1, they were uh, – I did forcible entry. And I get down there and I start teaching forcible entry. Well, what I failed to recognize was you've got people that come to the academy that were either teachers or insurance salesmen or whatever – that have absolutely no clue what a halogen is. And I didn't think that basic. Right. So I'm showing them, I'm like, all right, so you take this tool, the halogen, you put it here and do that. And what I failed to recognize was you had to actually make it more basic than what you think is basic. And so, and that, with that being done with that class, I actually had to take a step back and retrain them on forceful entry because we had it to where they weren't confident like a day or two later, they weren't comp they weren't catching the just the bare basic on it. So I had to go back and be like, okay, now I see what's going on. Basic, make it basic and start from here. So that was one of the biggest things is training people or training uh, recruits that have absolutely no clue whatsoever or have never nothing about the fire service. You gotta really make it I hate say it and dumb it down, but you gotta make it like the very basic to you their get, understanding. And that Yeah, all the way to zero. Find the new true zero. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing I've learned being down there is when we're teaching skills is to be able to just, I mean, literally start at the, if you want to call it kindergarten level and go from there. So that, I'd say that's probably the biggest things I've learned down there so far. So far. Nice. Um, anything that you have learned since go, uh, going to training that a younger Justin Lorenzen would laugh at now or would call BS on? Call as far as call BS on as a recruit? Well, just as, just what you've learned, just how your mindset might have changed since you were younger. Um, I'll be honest. I don't think we had – the academy I went through was – it was pretty uh, – it was pretty basic for the best words of choice. Sure. Um, and no, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I, there's nothing I'd call bull crap on for the most part. All right, that's fair. Um, the, the one of the things I love that you and Court put together was the extended training day. It was the original thing that you guys called it. I know it has a different name now, but that thing is amazing and awesome. And if you could just take a minute and explain what the extended training day is all about. So that started uh, with eighteen one. That started about two years ago, two and a half. No, about three years ago with eighteen one and. Traditionally, at, like me and Court experience when we went through the academy, you'd go to the stations for 24 hours and spend your 24 hours there with the crews. And some guys would get a lot of calls and get a lot of good experience. And some guys would be stuck at the station just scrubbing a section of a wall that hadn't been cleaned in 10 years. Right. So we're like, how can we make this better? And we saw that Tulsa did theirs um, overnight at training. And we're like, we can do that, but we can make it better. So me and Court sat down and started scratching stuff out on paper and tried to decide how we we're going to do it and come up with EMS calls that they were going to run, fire calls they're going to run. And the first time that we did it, I'm not going to lie, Corley, it was freaking butt kicker. It kicked me into the Court's butt, man. We were wore freaking out. We didn't sleep for 24 hours, and we were resetting everything, doing all the fires, and we got our freaking butt kicked. But since then, it's gotten substantially better. So the next year we got volunteers from the field and we got, uh, for instance, we got guys that were trying to be driver 
or studying for driver or new drivers and have them come in and we let them be company officers. Nice. So they would get three or four of the recruits and they would have them for that 24 hour shifts. And then when they're not making rides, then they would be doing um, building surveys, flowing plugs. Uh, the officer could do any type of training of his choice, um, any of that kind of stuff. And we treat the, the training facility just like a station. So we had uh, USAR cots brought in, parts of the training facility we'd set up for each station where they could sleep. The recruits would bring food in and cook breakfast and dinner or brunch and dinner. And it turned out to where it was just, man, we were kicking butt with it. And then what it's progressed to now is, in fact, before this last class, we had uh, the fire corps come in and they were they acted as civilians for our EMS calls right. and then distracted them on fire calls and, oh, my baby's inside or I came out of this window and somebody's still in there and they loved it. They came in shifts, like three or four hour shifts throughout the 24 hours. And we even had them during the night. Right. And then we also have um, a series of signal 82s for them to run. So we'll get cars from the local junkyard and we'll set them up for um, different signal 82s, um, low angle rescues and dispatch them from the training center. So we'll have our training rig and three or four other rigs from the art, what we call our bone yard that we use also, and we'll stage them up at training. And then we'll actually dispatch them over the radio because their training officers will have, or the, not training officers, their um, officers of their company will have a radio. And then we'll dispatch them over the radio, tell them what they're coming to. And then they'll leave the training center, get in a rig with their gear and respond down to the drill ground. And then, go through the fire alarm, EMS call, simulated to, or whatever. And we just do that for 24 hours. No. Yeah, it was awesome. In fact, you guys got to invite one of our rigs down to participate in the last one. We got to do one of those four hour blocks with one of our crews and it was, I got to come down and watch it and it was amazing. They did a uh, full, I believe it was a residential response, you know, two story structure on fire and they were the first new engine and radio traffic, everything, man. It was, it was pretty yeah. impressive. And it, like, even like you said, the, I forget whose wife it was, came up and was grabbing the company officers. He came off the rig, tr you know, grabbing his arm saying, my, my kids, my kids are inside. My kids are inside. And yeah. So, I think that, that may have been major Davis's wife. So yeah, either was, major Davis or major y'all. Yeah. Yeah. She played it great and it was awesome. And she was a great distraction. It was very highly realistic. The, the radio traffic, um, the way the Briggs were manned, of course the live fire, uh, all of it was just, unreal and then we went and did ems calls at a house and and talked about uh scene safety y'all went through uh, a lot of the scene safety and uh, situational awareness. awareness yes man yeah. it, was, it was it was just a good uh training i couldn't believe how uh 24 hours that's just unreal you guys put that together and it just gets better and better each year yeah absolutely and i think it was awesome that you guys got to bring a, a rig down because having you guys is soon to be auto aid right and then even our mutual aid companies if we could get the surrounding companies to do that or the surrounding uh, suburban departments to do that, that'd be freaking awesome just to get that consistency. Right. No, no. And, and, and the, uh, there's just the reps were invaluable for our guys, you know, and Shecky uh, McFireman Smith is chiming in again. He said more fire showed up in a big way last time, bro. Keep it going chief. And they, and they did those guys that came down were really, uh, they did a good job and they were so appreciative. They talked about it for like forever afterwards. And they're actually jealous because we're going to try and send a different crew the next time you guys do it so <laughs> yeah and i don't remember who it was because did you send down a driver 
Was it just a driver and some firefighters? We had two, two of our new drivers that had just promoted that came down and they swapped out being Man, the officer. Both of your drivers freaking killed it with their on-scene stuff. And that was awesome. And then they asked questions too. That was the awesome thing. Was they were like, this is our way and this is how we're going to do it. It wasn't that way. It was, hey, how do you guys do it? How do you want us to talk on the radio? And we told them, we're like, hey, just do how you do at home. Because we're not trying to change how you talk right. on the radio. Keep it consistent. And they they ate it up. It was freaking awesome. No, and they brought it back too. In fact, each one of them wrote like a one or two page report on everything that they'd learned. And, and, and it was really good stuff, man. So, and even yeah. the, the young guys, uh, we, I think we sent a rookie up and, uh, even Johnson he, Johnson. Yeah. He typed out a, like a two page report that I have still sitting on my desk of everything he learned at that. Yeah. We told him we're, we told him we're recruiting his brother. Gotcha. <laughs> so, Hey man. Uh, yeah. Johnson, he, he brought it. Um, so yeah, the extended training day, dude, that's amazing. Everything from the, the rookies having to cook all day, being assigned to rigs, uh, just doing normal station duties. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a. As, as close to a realistic simulator a simulation as you can get, you know, for 24 hours. And it's just so impressive. Yeah. Well, and, and the whole goal behind it was to get away from, Hey, you might get some calls at this station, or you may make a lot of calls at this station. Instead, everybody gets to come to training. It's all in with the training staff because all of our training staff in, is involved in it. And, in, and I'm not going to lie this last, this is my third one that we did and about probably 10 o'clock and the guys probably going to comment or laugh at me. But about 10 o'clock, I was out, dude. <laughs> the last two, I, yeah, the last two, I stayed up all night. But this one, I did I did the live burns all day at 80, 85 degrees outside, and I was freaking done. done. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's awesome. And, the, and, the, and what's happening, and it's really great to see, is the way more OKC and Midwest City, you got you in court, um, of course, Stager and Muncie down at Moore, and then Brush over in Midwest City, and it's becoming this whole metro uh, um, just – it's hard to describe the synergy that's, that's, that's occurring between everybody and just the, the working togetherness as it, as it yeah. Seems to be. Yeah. And I think that's something that we're trying to overcome past um, ideals, I guess, because in the past, you know, and I don't know if you experienced this, but, and we've talked about it in the past. It's like, Oh, Oklahoma city, they oh, yeah. know everything. We don't want to talk to those guys, right. you know, or we don't want to lose hell, our fire to those guys. Yeah, or even before I came to see when I was at Noble, it was like, oh, Norman, we don't want to talk to those guys. But that's what we're trying to get rid of. We, sh- I mean, we all were surrounding each other. Why not work together? Sure. And so it, we kind of do that with MAFTA, the Metro Air Power Training Association, get together and we meet every every other month, and which not lately we haven't, but um, and ha- and share ideas, share syllabuses, share all that kind of stuff, information, so we can kind of stay on the same page. So, yeah, absolutely. So, Moving on from training itself to the training officer page, which is the page you run on Facebook and just where that came from, how it started and uh, go for it. So I started that when I came down to training, which has been right about two years this month. And it was just something where I wanted to get on and start a page where I could kind of write my thoughts about training and fire stuff, partially because the wife is like, Oh, he's on your regular page is fire stuff. So I was trying to create something else. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so keep family on the family page and then fire stuff on the training page. But uh, yeah, I, I created that for that. And then I like to share a lot of other people's stuff that some people might not see your stuff, um, search culture, um, and all that stuff, you Absolutely. know, fight fire. And then um, kind of where I could blog on it and talk on it and get ideas. And it's just, I mean, it's not really, 
that big of a deal, but just something I could vent on and talk on and, you know. No, I loved it because I found it just, you know, scrolling through. I'm like, ooh, I like this guy's content. This is this is cool stuff. Then I don't know, remember what, what cued me in. I'm like, wait, this guy's from OKC Metro somewhere. And then I just reached out to you. I think I messaged you on the training officer page, and I was like, hey, let's go have lunch. Yeah. So, and you're awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So for there, we're just best friends now. <laughs> Chris McMillan. So I guess oh. I got, at least I got something good out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Chris McMillian said, ask J-Lo about the two and a half to the face from that fire behind him. Oh, my God. I knew that was going to – I knew I should have changed that background. All right. So oh, okay, from the fire behind him. I got you. Yeah. There's actual video thanks to another firefighter's helmet camera. I made this fire. This is when I was driving Chief Pascal 603. I drove about three years, probably one of, one of, if not one of the best chiefs on the department. But we made this fire right at shift change. We get there as we're coming on shift, and I'm going to grab a hand line, and I duck under a master stream, which is a blitz fire with a smooth bore, about six feet from the end of the nozzle. Grab a hand line. I'm fixing to go put out some fire and do some stuff with my mask on, breathing air. And then somebody comes up to me and is like, hey, we need that light over here. I was like, okay, cool. So I give it to him, and I turn around, and I'm like two feet from that stream, and I completely forgot that I ducked under it. And it freaking center punched me right in the left side of the face. And it, the video looks worse than what actually happened because I had my mask on everything, and after I got hit and it whipped my head around, I still had a seal on my mask. I never lost a seal. Nice. So. But, yeah, thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. Chris got your back. And Dane says, yeah, Princess hit the cop by nine, which I'm assuming he's talking about <laughs> extended training day. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mage. No, I love the stuff you share. Um, it was going on my feed, and like I said, let's do lunch. We had lunch, um, and I've, I've just enjoyed it since. You asked a question on your page recently. It was, what does leadership look like to you? So now I want to turn around and throw it at you. What does leadership look like to you? Well, I'll start by saying I've got one other person that um, also blogs on my page that I ask because I'm pretty close to him and he's he's a pretty good leader, LJ Geist. Yeah. yeah. And that was actually his question. Oh, okay. But I but I'll still answer it. Yeah, yeah still, um, I'm I, still I throwing it at you. No avoidance. I just want no, no, I'm not avoiding. I, I just want to give credit. <laughs> I just want to give credit to who who's due. Uh, leadership to me looks like setting the example, um, being the one that you walk what you talk. And um, not only that, but also preparing and um, empowering your guys. You know, uh, if you're the officer at the station and you've got guys that are studying or need to do um, certain things, prepare them, help them out, give them goals, and then check on those goals and follow up with it. Um, so I'd say that's probably that's probably what I'd say. What does leadership look like? It looks like somebody that sets the example and they put other people in, in front of them. Nice, nice. Can't argue. Um, in preparation for the scrap, it went up on Instagram. There was questions submitted, and I chose a few of them to throw at you. So, and I also ignored your question because you wrote <laughs> your own question. So anyway, just kidding. Uh, from Hannah Elliott, who always asks questions, she said, "Have you ever dealt with a zealous fireman who wants to achieve mastery of the job, and what tips do you have for maintaining that person's momentum?" So yes, because when I had guys underneath me. I encourage that. And the way that I um, went with their momentum is to feed it and keep going with it and take If they want to train, then let's go freaking train. I mean, I'm in the more you want to do. I'm in. 
that's just, I mean, that's always, that's how I was brought up in it. And that's how I try to bring the young, the young group up. And if I got guys that are eager to go do stuff and real zealous about it, freaking, I mean, I don't care what time it is. It'd be two, three o'clock in the morning. Let's go do it. It's up to you. Let's go throw ladders, stretch lines. Yeah. I love it, man. Let's go flow water. And you know, and I've got an actual story about that. I had a, I had a uh, younger firefighter underneath me that we were out flowing water as a station doing a drill for the, the officer when to go out and do drills. So we're going out and we're doing it and uh, all the drills are over and everything and we're flowing water and he's having a hard time with the different positions that we teach on the hose line. So I'm down there helping him. He's like, and you could tell that the older drivers and the officers were frustrated and they're ready to go back, take a nap. Cause it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, that's all right. We can go back to the station and we can flow water there. I was like, no, we can do it right here. They can wait. I was like, you're here trying to get better. They want to go back and take a freaking nap. We're going to stay here and flow water and we're going to work on these positions until you get it down. There's no reason why we need to go back just because they want to go back because they're tired. That's stupid. You're down here trying to learn the best thing you need for your job. That's what we're going to do. So yeah, freaking promote it as much as you can. Absolutely. Engage, promote, push. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. The uh, Paige Bischoff asked, what is the best way to get fit? The best way to get fit I'd say with our profession, I would start by one cardio endurance. Um, for those that don't know, I run the physical aspect of the Academy. So we do a lot of running, which most hate. Right. Um, and, yeah, imagine that. And then we do circuit, uh, like circuit training on our, the days that we're not running. So we run probably two days a week, circuit training three days a week. The running aspect of it will start out running two to three miles, which they're expected to show up running three miles. Um, and then we'll do, we end up doing six to seven miles, probably week three, week four, that nice. kind of stuff. But more back to her question or back to the question is endurance is a big thing. You could be the biggest muscled up strength guy out there, but if you don't have the endurance to work hard at a high heart rate for 20 to 30 minutes, then you're really, I mean, you're kind of hurting yourself. So, and like I tell uh, the recruits, the reason why we run for 40 to 45 minutes and have a heart rate of 150, 160 is so you can work on thinking about and controlling your breathing. Think about it, control it. If you can do that at the 30, 45 minute mark or, you know, whatever at 150, 165 heart rate, then you can do that when you're working with a pack, breathing air, which will help consume air or help not consume too much air. Sure. So leading off of that, your air consumption on your packs, I'd say that is the best way to try to get fit is work, go out, work as hard as you can, breathe in air until you suck it to your face and then come back and record those times and continue working until you can make that time better. And then know those times, those times are important. Right on. Just journal it and uh, just keep accountability and see and see the improvement. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. And I want to add on page, um, on the question, the best way to get fit is everything J-Lo said. I'm not contradicting him at all. But for, the, but for you, the best thing to do is whatever whatever one you will do every day, stick to that one. Because a lot of people will use the excuse of, I yeah. don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do anything. So whatever you will get out there and do every day is 100% the first one you should do every day. Yeah, so, and I would add to that, Paige, is uh, follow Fit to Fight Fire. They have some awesome workouts and some awesome advice on that kind of stuff too. So John Sparrow and them, they yeah, no, lead and, uh, you in the right way. No, excellent. No, there's a lot of uh, good resources 
Instagram, Facebook, uh, Fire, Fire Service Warrior. Yes. Go ahead. We'll keep rattling them off. Sorry. No, Fire Service ahead. Warrior, that their, uh, his workout program, Brandon's workout program, that little booklet you can get, that's that's phenomenal. That's got Because it starts you off at the basic level, and you work up. And each time you're working on masking out, you're working on breathing on air, and so on and so on. That's an excellent program. And then Firefighter Functional Fitness. It'd be hard not to mention theirs in their mm-hmm. book. Those, uh, those, uh, yeah. So lots of good resources there. Speaking of books, moving on to JLo. I always ask the guest if they have a book they think that firefighters should read, book or books. So I don't want to lock you into one uh, that they think firefighters should read. Uh, I'll start with the Talent Code, and that's credit to court. It, was just, uh, it talks about deep practice. Um, and how to get better at a certain thing. And it's not fire related, right? but it's an excellent book. That'd be probably one of the best ones. But one of the ones personally for me that wasn't recommended that I just read was from um, Rick George, Bob Carpenter and Gillespie. It was the uh, firefighter residency. That's like, to be honest with that, like unofficially, that's what we base our training off of. Nice. Nice. No, I love Rick George. I never met him. And uh, I have, and, that guy is freaking awesome. Man. Dude, he is. Uh, here's the, I'll give you a quick Rick George story just to tell you how awesome he is. I had a, uh, John Spear was going to be on and he had stuff come up, you know, it's, we're firefighters. So it happens. It's one of the hardest things to do is schedule firemen. And so anyway, um, Rick George actually reached out on Facebook said, I'm really looking forward to the scrap where you talk to John Spear. Cause they just come out with their book mindset. And, uh, I was like, well, I hate to break it to you, but we're not having him on. I said, so there's no scrap today. I said, unless you want to come on. And I was just saying it as a joke. And he was like, oh, let me check with the wife. And uh, he was on the scrap that night and took John Spears' place for that night. And he oh, was yeah. one of the most genuine dudes I've ever met, man. He was Dude, awesome. I'm telling you, hey, just kind of a side note and kind of getting off track. Sure. So This is scrap. There I is met, no track. Yeah. We can go yeah, anywhere. True. <laughs> I will say one thing. He, uh, I met him at FDIC one year, or I, I found out about him at FDIC, and then I read his book, and he commented on a post that I had on the training officer because I posted a deal about building construction, and it was about houses that were built or framed with basically OSB that right. was laminated together and how it was a death to firefighters. And shortly after that, I was corrected by another individual that, that's not true and it's fear mongering. And I was like, okay, well, give me some facts. So I found out the facts. So I went back on there. I was like, Hey, this post there, this post is false and it's not true. And I regret what I say due to this. And I gave him the info to where they could find the actual info. And Rick George came on there. He goes, dude, the humility you just showed is amazing. He goes, next time I see you, you come up to me and let me know who you are. And I want a big hug. (laughs) There you go. That's it, man. Okay. (laughs) So I did exactly that. FDIC 2018, I found him at the Fool's Bash in Indiana. And I said, do you remember that post on the training officer page? Because he's out there standing standing out there smoking a cigar. I said, do you remember that that post on the training officer's page? And he's like, I do. And I owe you a hug. And I was like, all right. (laughs) It was was me and Raquel, me and my wife standing there. And ever since then, and then after that, what I was trying to get to was um, I had a, a, a fellow firefighter that had some issues that I was able to call him with. Right. And literally Corley, like the guy that was having the issues was stuck at a hospital 
wasn't going to be discharged and missed their flight to somewhere else they were going to go to be taken care of. I called Rick. He made a phone call, called me back, and had him on a flight to Shatterproof like the next day. Wow. No, and that, dude, that's just par for the course from everything I've ever heard or met or seen about him. So amazing, amazing person. And yeah. Yeah. Hard to know. Mad respect for him. No, that's it. Yeah. That's the best way to say it. Uh, so the talent code and firefighter resilient is it I, man i'm gonna butcher the name but firefighter resiliency yeah Rick developing firefighter Del- resiliency. yeah that's it okay thank you okay now we have this little thing on on the weekly scrap we do called the five questions for firefighters okay and it's yeah. just five fun questions there is no right or wrong answers just your opinions and the points are arbitrary so are you ready for the five questions for firefighters i guess you guess all right no i'm ready let's do it <laughs> What is the number one issue facing the modern fire service, according to Justin Lorenzen? So I'll start out by saying, I'm not going to lie, I cheated. been okay. listening to the rest of them, so I've been thinking about it. But <laughs> honestly, I think the maybe not the number one, but probably one of the number one issues is humility. Um, seeing, having crews come down to training and do stuff, it's there's guys that don't have the humility to be able to put themselves out there and fail knowing that they might fail in front of their crew. So they just want to stand back. They just want to stand back and evaluate or uh, maybe see how everybody else does things. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, you got to be able to put yourself out there from the, from the recruit to the officer, be able to go out there. That that's the time to fail. That's the time to do things wrong because that's how you learn from it. We we preach that to our recruits. hundred percent. Now, let me, let me drill. Go, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to dig in on no, your answer ahead. a little bit. I'm going to ask you. I said, do you think that's a, a failure of the culture, of the leadership, of the person itself? I mean, obviously, personal accountability, but where, where do you put the, the most blame if you were going to assign it? Put you on the spot. Uh, man, that's, that's a good question. I would say probably the history. History meaning like how it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. Just because... You know, when I came on, probably when you came on too, it sure. was, I don't care what you have to say. Don't say anything. Sit You're down, neck down. Yeah. You sit down, shut up and go from here and do what I tell you. So uh, it's, I mean, it's hard to say. No, there was a, a story and there was one time a guy, we were doing some, we were doing some training. It was some company standards type training. A few, a few companies were together and, and one of the young guys piped up and said, uh, Hey, I'd like to throw that 35. Cause he'd never thrown it. And, uh, one of the chiefs just like, what, you don't know how to raise a ladder, you know, and just completely just, and then I, he, that guy, when it was over says, I will never open my mouth again, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, Whoa. Uh, so that was a lesson learned. And then another one that ties right into what you're saying. We were, we were flowing some, I think we were just flowing inch and three quarter. We were just doing some hose advancements just in a parking lot type deal. And some of the young guys had been to uh, some classes and had some, really good knowledge on some grips and things like that. But they went to show an older guy, one of the grips and the older guy was like, Hey, you know, just, I, I don't do that because of my shoulder or whatever, whatever his excuse was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I discovered right then Cause I just went over and I said, I, you know, I waited a few minutes, but I went over and said, Hey, show me what you were doing. And they did. And they knew what they were talking about too. Cause it was, they actually uh, made me better right then and there, but just doing that in front of the other guy, he actually watched and then he tried it and then he, he kind of got past his excuses and, and learned. It was, uh, it was real. Uh, to watch it happen live was really eye opening to me. So 
Yeah. Anyway, and like so, when yeah. you said humility, I blew. I, I never even looked at it that way, but that is. There's so many guys that do this because yeah. they're too scared to mess up. Well, and I mean, and it's not. It's not that they're, they don't necessarily know it. Well, actually, yeah, it is. It's because they either don't know it or they're not comfortable doing it. Yeah, the comfort. Yeah, and it's and it's not just on the drill ground. It's at the stations. You know, if you got if you have a recruit that's studying for SOP exams during the promotional academy, I mean their promotional period, then prepare them. Instead of saying, "Hey, uh, are you studying your SOPs?" Get up there and, and give them questions. Make questions up. I mean, it takes work. That's the problem. That, that effort. Yeah, you're, you're, it takes it takes effort, and then it also shows it takes humility because you may not know what you're trying to test them on. Well, then do your job and freaking research it and read it and study it. And then go do it. Yeah. And now you're better you gotta, at your job too. And now you made those questions. Ex- so yeah, that's, exactly. Everybody wins. Yeah, Dude, I love that. I, I love that answer. Number one, you get max points, whatever max points are. I love <laughs> that for question. Number one, facing the modern <laughs> fire service humility. I love that max points. Okay. Question two. I cheated. There's fair. Hey, there is no cheating when, <laughs> when, uh, yeah, it's just your opinion. What is the thing you are most excited about for the future of firefighting? I would say the younger generation coming up. Because I don't know about you guys, but I know for our department, we're a very young department. Um, It's exciting for me in one way. In a way, I'm kind of like, oh, because we're losing our experience. Oh, yeah. But we're fortunate to have guys on the job that have the experience that are willing to share their experience. That's the important part. So having the younger generation come up, the exciting part about that is they're eager. They want to learn. They want to know. You know, they want to do mo- for the most part not everybody but for the most part they want to do the right thing they want to do the best job and what i've seen in the academy too is they want to know you know you teach them training you're training them you show them a skill you're showing them whatever yeah they want to know how to do it but with this other generation they also want to know the why the why yeah and it's i think it and this is completely my opinion i think it's imperative that you can be able to explain the why to the recruits or anybody as a training officer. If you can't explain the why, then you have no business teaching it. Dude, I love that right there. Hey, I may even steal that as a quote. I may make it on a firehouse (laughs) vigilance picture. I need a picture of you like, like, like kicking ass on some fire. Just use a picture of somebody else. So if you, if you can't explain the why you have no business teaching it. The only picture you get me on a hose would be on a training fire. I have, that to, get court. I have to get court with a nice, good flex oh. on his arm. Yeah, we'll get court. Yeah, yeah there you go. Get him flexing. Make All right. Sure, good yeah. question. Good answer. I like the answer. I like the younger generation as an answer. The crazy part is because you talk about uh, like these last two recruit classes we just hired. They're the guys I've been in the fire service longer than they've been alive. And so that's when you hit when you hit that one, it's like a gut punch. You're like, holy crap, where are these kids coming from? So yeah. anyway. Man, that, that's what's crazy. I've been on a rig and it had maybe 12 years experience with the whole rig when I first started riding out. Yeah. I'm like, and that's scary. Oh, yeah. If you're right, if you're right, if you're a new sergeant and you're acting up and you're riding out and you got a relief driver and two firefighters in the back and you've got a max of maybe 12 years, you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do if we get, if we get, we get something? something. Getting, yeah. yeah. OJT. Yeah. Um, question number three, best rank or position to be in, in the fire service. 
Uh, I had a problem with this one, or not problem, but trying to think about this one. So I've enjoyed firefighter, and I enjoyed driver, which is what I'm at now, or lieutenant. Um, and then sometimes act riding out or acting up. I made lieutenant at pretty much right at my eligible year, which is about six years. I was eligible at five, missed my first test, made my second. And I felt like I, I thought at the time that I was ready, but once I made driver and I was assigned to a station and then my station, I was a single company station. And then my station officer took off after like two or three shifts. And I was there, I was basically the station officer for right. about a month and a half. Then I was like, what just happened? Because now I'm in charge. I'm in charge of three other people for the next month or so. Not to mention one of them had 11, 12 years on or had more years on that, but 11 years in that district or whatever. So to be honest, Corley, he would ride, he would drive me and I would look at him like, Hey dude, you're in charge. <laughs> He's like, what? I was like, dude, I'm telling you, you know more about this district and what's going on than I do. Right. So um, what I recommend promoting that early, probably not. Would I regret it? No. Right. Um, it was when I was in the Academy, I was always told in court probably test this promote as fast as you can. That was kind of the rule, promote sure. as fast as you can. So for our department, you get hired, and then within five years, you can test for sergeant, which you have the possibility of acting up and riding out. Right. And then you go to lieutenant right after that, so on and so on. But uh, I'd say my best piece of advice on that would be know the position that you're in to the level of almost almost if not mastery before you try to go to the next right on. and the reason why i say that is if you know your position you're in almost if not to the mastery level then when you promote to the next level then you know what to expect of the ones below you because you've made that level so and then it'll further help you lead the ones below you i like it i like it question four best advice you've ever received uh, best advice. Oh man, I'm gonna catch crap for this. Just because I'm referencing Chief Pascal and okay. court's gonna nail me for it. But uh, best advice I ever received was from Chief I used to drive, and it was, "Don't stress over the stuff you can't control." Ooh, I like that. Which is very similar to Rick Lasky's stuff. Um, that's, I mean, he's Chief Pascal's a battalion chief for one of our districts, and he's man, that guy is so calm, cool, and collected, no matter what. The whole freaking world could be on fire and he'd be like, Hey, I got a fire alarm. You know, I mean, he's just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't phase him. He's got ice. But when he does, yeah. But when he does get excited, you know, it's like, Oh crap. Okay. You know, but yeah, I'd say the, the, we have enough stress in our job that there's no reason to stress or be worried about the stuff that you can't control. If you can't control it. Don't worry about it. I like it. Straight out Kobe. I love it. And the final question. One of my favorites, heavy fire, tenable space. Would you rather be assigned nozzle or first in on VES? Hmm. I had a problem with this one too. Um, so I'm an engine guy. Being a paramedic and being in the city, our, our engines are ALS. So I've, I've been on an engine pretty much my whole career. But I've also delved pretty deep into the search stuff. Right on. Um, uh, so can I say both? Well, that's, a, that's a cop out answer. That gets, that gets you minimal points. Uh, 
Man, I'd say being on the nozzle is extremely important because if the fire didn't go out, it didn't get better. But yet making the VES and pulling the victim is just as important. Um, I'd have to say probably the, the VES. VES, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, thank you for the five questions for firefighters. Lots of fun always, and you, and you answered them well. Um, I, I messed up here because there's been a lot of people talking to you, and I did not scroll, so I missed all these comments. So you're going to catch up now here at a very pa- fast rate. And we have to figure out when they said it, okay? So, LJ Guys came in and just said, Justin, my man. So, LJ's here. Uh, J-Lo is tougher than boot leather, man. Nobody lasts as long as him in the burn room. So Who's that? That's Shecky McFireman. That's, uh, that's cool. Uh, Shecky McFireman also said, AMP, Autonomy, Mastery, Purpose, Motivate. So, I'm thinking we were absolutely. talking about training at that point. Hannah Elliott came in, and I think she was asking about uh, clarification for her question. She said that those momentous people ever take it too far. When we were talking earlier about. Um, I haven't experienced that. No, I haven't experienced them taking it too far, but I mean, how do you take it too far when you're zealous, overzealous about the job? I mean, what's too far? I mean, I'm, I'm all about it. You, how far can you take it when you're training for something that for a job that can kill you, you know? No, I, I agree. Yes. That. That's kind of. The only caveat I would say, just to just to play devil's advocate, is the, you can't take it too far on duty. But if you start letting it affect the family life, I think that's oh yes, that, that's yes, line. yes. So absolutely, and but I think actually, that goes without let me saying, add but, to, right. Let me add to that. Go so ahead. when it comes to off duty and doing stuff, one thing that I do or that I found that helps is any fire. Most of the fire conferences and stuff that I go to, I bring the wife along. And that started with um, Chief Ike's um, command officer boot camp. And we went there and it was awesome because they had not only stuff for us, but they had stuff for the wives. That's and awesome. ever since I've done that, she's gone to me. She's gone with me to FDIC. She's gone with me to HROC. She's gone with me everywhere. And in turn, with her being a sonographer or ultrasound tech, I go to her conferences. Nice. So, which actually worked out better for me, to be honest. And if she's watching, <laughs> sorry. But like she go to Vegas and I get to hang out by the pool at Caesar's Palace right on, for right a on. week and she's in conference. But yeah, no, I agree one hundred percent. Once it starts affecting your family, then you need to start looking at stuff. Right on, right on. And uh, I get to go down to Pensacola for his uh, commanding from the sidelines. Ike's uh, class oh, he's yeah. putting on in November. Super pumped, and the wife's going, so it's going to be a real good time. Uh, Show a blast! Uh, it's going to be fun. Um, next up, back to court. He said, or Shecky, I'm sorry, court. It's easy to take it too far. Got to keep the target just beyond reach too hard and they get frustrated too easy and they get bored. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Like capturing theory. Yeah. Hannah Elliott said, that's great. Justin love that story. Shecky came back with best way to get in shape every day is arm day. And now he, now, you know, Shecky McFireman's court surprise. Uh, he said, hell yeah. Talent code. Uh, LJ guy said, get in gear and train. Don't even need an air pack, straight body weight movements in your gear. Also get a blast mask. Yep. And I came back and I'm sorry. I, I missed all these guys. I, I apologize so much interaction and it was on me. Hannah Elliott said, what do you think about asking for critique about yourself from others to attempt to open the conversation even at your own expense? That's a good question because actually that, no, that's, that's a good question to actually do that. I mean, we, so we do that all the time with the training cadre that we have. We'll ask each other, what do you think about this? What do you think about this to your own expense? And that's, that's a part of the humility thing, putting yourself out there. So if 
you're willing to accept a negative or positive answer, ask the question, get the feedback, but you got to be willing to change it. 100%. If it's not what you hear. And the one thing too, and this is what uh, uh, Kyle Ramagas's page, Engine Company Resurrection. I don't know if you follow it or not, but this is why it oh, is absolutely. so great. Is if you post something on there, they don't allow just the haters to come in and blast it. You either yeah. you either get constructive and help the person out, or and so the, the only thing I would be worried about is all the internet keyboard warriors coming in and and blast, putting you on blast when they don't even know what you're doing or what they're doing. So. Um, hundred percent what Justin's saying is if you've got the humility to put it out there, put it out there, but find a good place to put it out there to get good feedback. Yeah. And Kyle does a good job with that page. He's yeah. got, well, he if was. nobody, anybody watching doesn't know about it, go to the file section on their page and there's numerous amounts of information, very good information that you can pull off there. And it's all right there for you. It is getting worked on. I know that they're having some trouble with it because Facebook is Facebook. So uh, I don't know the whole story. Oh, I didn't know. Is they're it rebu- up they're rebuilding it, the the file section right now. I know Kyle had trouble because of Oath Keepers, I guess is. Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't oh, know I what's going on. It happened the last like two days. So oh, okay, yeah. But, it, but if that. you if you're not there, go to Engine Company Resurrection. It is one of the greatest resources for firefighters on the planet. Um, Jamie Mc McCammon, sorry if I got your name wrong. Justin, looking at the questions ahead isn't cheating; it's pre planning. There you go. <laughs> no, your district. You got a pre-plan. Kerry <laughs> Parker, lieutenant is the best job, and he said, "Good job, J Lo. Master your craft at each level." Well said, brother. That was court on yours. Uh, and Shecky said, "Best advice I ever got: Don't be an idiot. It changed my life. When I'm about to do something, I ask myself, would an idiot do that? And if the answer is yes, I do not do that thing. Sometimes." Normally, I, I read these as they come, guys. It's on me. I, again, I apologize. Great point on the family life off-duty time. That was from Hannah. I'm almost done, guys. Uh, Carrie Parker said, I think it's one way to grow. It can help you get better in areas you may not see as a weakness. Sean Coffey, uh, yeah, I know. He said, Chief, I need to buy you a new cup. They are not the Redskins anymore. It's rest in peace. <laughs> that's what the R stands for now, rest in peace. Well, that's, then that's, one, that's the reason to keep it. This is a collector's item now. Collectors, yeah. On the bottom, yeah. It says Captain Badass. That's from back in the day, <laughs> before, before promotion. Uh, final one was Austin Blake. He said, be a master of your job, a student to the job above you, and a teacher to the job below you is the best advice I ever received. Dude, I love that piece of advice. I may have to steal that one for a quote. I need to find out uh, who said it. That's one of our recruits. Austin, good dude. So, we, re- yeah, we interviewed him, but you guys are going to hire him, so. Now he's with you. Well, you know, it is what it is. I know. We got Seth Johnson. (laughs) You got Austin Blake. Good times, man. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I'm going to have Court back on. I talked to him earlier on the phone. He's going to come back on, so I'll get to pick his brain again. Yeah, I was giving him crap. I was like, man, Corley put all his stuff on uh, podcasts, but not yours. Well, the whole thing is, this is the crazy (laughs) part. The whole reason the Weekly Scrap exists is because my wife said, you should go live on Facebook and talk. And so all I was going to do was go on there and have little talks about whatever I wanted to ramble about. You know, because I noticed people don't read. They don't take the time to read if you write, you know, a 2,000-page. I mean, some people do, but you get my point. I was like, I can go Not on Not most. Yeah, I can yeah. talk for 30 minutes, and they can get a lot more out of it, you know. So that's where it started. That's all it was. So up, I, mean, I did like 10 of those, and you can't find them hardly anywhere. Maybe YouTube, but uh, or if you dig deep on Facebook. But... Court actually called and said, hey, I want to be on the scrap. Why don't you have me on the scrap? And I was like, 
people would want to be on the scrap. So the whole reason the scrap exists in this format with uh, guests coming on and talking is because of Court Smith saying that. So that's why he's coming back. That's why he's going to get it. Because the first one we did, it was so bad. Uh, as far as my my knowledge of how to make stuff work auto, audio-wise and things like that. So anyway. I, I thought it was good. Well, I've gotten a lot better. Kind of. Well. Other than his dip and glass whiskey, you know. No, that's just that's just fireman being fireman. That's one of the things that makes I'm the scrap so fun. I'm just giving him crap because he. <laughs> All right, brother. Um, thank you for coming on, being the guest on Weekly Scrap Number Forty Four. Justin Lorenzen, the training officer. Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug? I know we got a Mid America conference coming up. Um, what else is going on? Oh yeah, uh, which we've all shared that, and you put that out. That conference coming up in October. That's going to be awesome. Um, Chief Ike, the keynote, <clears throat> excuse me, and then several other good instructors, and then the hands-on that'll be the next day. That's definitely worth worth the time. So that's awesome. the only thing I can think of. Fair enough. And it's October fifteenth, sixteenth, or right in that area. Sixteenth, seventeenth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on, being a guest. Awesome. Had a good time. Um, everybody with your questions. I, I own it 100%. My sorry, I didn't scroll. It's my bad for missing them in a timely manner. So that's on me. Justin, thank you for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. I hope the tone stays silent unless it is burning. Uh, stay safe out there. Thank you, brother. Okay, thanks, Colin. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.